Welcome to Jaws of Justice Radio on 90.1 FM, KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. It's Monday morning. My name is Terry. Today I'll speak with Mark Budemeyer, Cultivation Director for Flora Fields in Kansas City, Missouri, and John Payne, Executive Director and Treasurer of Show Me Cannabis, an association of organizations and individuals who believe that cannabis prohibition is a failed policy. We'll talk about the upcoming adult use marijuana initiative on the November Missouri ballot. Perhaps regulating cannabis in a manner similar to alcohol would better control the production, distribution, and consumption of cannabis than the current criminal market system does. Please hear a serious public discussion about the issues associated with the cannabis consumption, including medical cannabis, industrial hemp, public safety, and financial analysis, in order to address problems associated with the current failed policy. Missouri voters have the opportunity in the November 2022 election to legalize recreational marijuana statewide for adults over 21. With Election Day less than one month away, it's time to consider the pros and cons of Amendment 3, which would legalize recreational marijuana use and expunge some cannabis-related crimes. We ask voters to properly inform themselves prior to voting. We're celebrating KKFI. Now is the pledge drive. Listeners are aware that Jaws of Justice is produced weekly by KKFI volunteers, and we need to ask you to support KKFI, your community radio station, our community radio station. Remember, KKFI is supported by our listeners. If you share our mission of providing an independent voice to music and information underserved or ignored by mainstream media, please consider becoming a sustaining member today. You can call us at 888-931-0901. That's 888-931-0901 or go online at kkfi.org and click that Donate button. On Jaws of Justice, we examine how to find justice in our society. Justice will not be served until those who are unaffected are as outraged as those who are. Now, our show. Good morning, this is Terry Wilkie. I want to, before we start, I want to tell listeners that Holly Barth has very generously offered to match the first $100 that people give to KKFI. We're having our pledge drive. Call 888-931-0901. And this is an efficient use of your money because the first one, let's say you wanted to give 100 Okay. Holly will match that, and your $100 becomes worth $200 to KKFI, and that's a sweet deal. So we're going to begin with our program. I'm happy to tell you I have two guests this morning. Mark Budemeyer, let's see, are you you with me? I am with you right now. Well, thank you for coming to the studio. And John Payne. John, can you hear all right? Okay, John is on the internet. He's on Zoom. And so listeners are well aware of the trouble. The Zoom works really very well for radio, but uh, sometimes it's a little wonky. You two are present because 
Somehow there is an initiative on the ballot November 8th in Missouri to legalize recreational marijuana. Now, John, I'm going to start with you and tell me, how did this initiative get on the ballot? Sure. So I'm the the campaign manager for Legal Missouri 2022, and that's the campaign that placed the measure on the ballot. And, uh, you know, back in August of 2021, uh, we filed that initiative with the Secretary of State's office. And back in October, so about a year ago, uh, we were approved to begin gathering signatures on it. And we spent the next uh, about seven months going out and gathering signatures uh, across six of Missouri's eight congressional districts. And we ended up turning in about 400 thousand signatures uh, back uh, at, the, at the deadline on May 8th, which is six months prior to the election. Uh, then the, the Secretary of State's office sends those out to the counties and they, they verified those and uh, we were certified for the ballot on, uh, on August the 9th. Well, that is nothing short of fabulous. Now, listeners know I'm from Kansas and we don't have that initiative petition and in the state of Kansas. So what you're saying to our show this morning is that 400,000 people across Missouri signed a petition saying they want recreational marijuana to be on the ballot this November. And it's only required to be uh, 200,000 signatures. So you got a response to your initiative, which is well above the number of signatures required. So that's kind of exciting to think that number of citizens in Missouri are interested in having recreational marijuana on the ballot. So uh, how long did you have to get these signatures? Six months? Yeah. So, uh, you know, we we started uh, relatively uh, kind of in a pretty normal time in the process uh but you know we could have you can submit the language anytime uh starting after the last general election but they are always due by six months prior to the the election that you're seeking uh so yeah we we started in october and it ran through may so yeah about six and a half seven months that's that's about right and you all are on Jaws of Justice today to remind voters that if you have an interest in this initiative, this is the time it's on the ballot. This is the time that you get to vote. Now, if people vote yes for Amendment 3, that will then create a situation where recreational use of marijuana is legal in Missouri, or does it have to go to the legislature to decide would you tell me john yeah so it it will create that situation all by itself it will not require the legislative action and it'll actually do uh something else it will also expunge the records of uh all past non-violent marijuana offenses with the exception of sales to minors and driving under the influence uh and so that's uh that's another major thing that not all marijuana legalization uh proposals have done that but that is something that ours uh is is going to do in addition to legalizing the adult use of marijuana right well it's a uh the initiative is 39 pages i understand it's it now that won't be on the ballot what voters need to know is it is amendment three and voting yes for amendment three will legalize the 
adult use of recreational marijuana, and it does have criminal expungement of some marijuana offenses, correct? Yes. Uh, so all all nonviolent marijuana offenses, with the exceptions of driving under the influence and sales to minors. Oh, thank you for that. Yeah. So, and, and how does a person get their record expunged if it passes? Yeah. So if it passes, uh, it will actually be an automatic process. Uh, the courts will go in. Uh, the courts are ordered to begin reviewing the records upon the effective date, which is 30 days after the election. Uh, and then within six months, they have to process all the uh, misdemeanor charges. Within 12 months, they have to do the same for all the uh, E, D, and C felonies. And then the A and B felonies are uh, expunged upon completion of the sentence automatically people don't have to go anywhere do anything so the state of missouri is going to take a look at the criminal records of convicted persons and do this automatically yeah that's right and we also put some of the money from the the marijuana tax revenues to uh you know pay for that process to expedite it uh because we know that that uh, you know, it's been in states where people have to apply and go through a process themselves, then that's costly and it's time consuming. and A lot of people don't end up doing it. So we wanted to make it as easy as possible for people to get those get those expungements. Well, that is that is beautiful. And um, now my other guest this morning, Mark Budemeyer. Mark, you're currently in the medical marijuana industry, correct? And so that passed in Missouri when? So it's we've just passed our second year. Uh, we just had our second year of uh, anniversary. Twenty twenty. Uh -huh. yes. Did it have to go through an initiative, or how did that get passed? Yeah, there was there was an initiative, uh, same same style as this, where every it was put on the ballot. Everyone voted. There was actually three different initiatives that uh, that uh, came to pass, and this was the one that uh, the medical marijuana program we have now is the one that was set forth uh, originally, and we had to deal through. Growing this through COVID, uh, just just at the the birthing of this industry here in Missouri, we had to deal with COVID nineteen. So it's been it's been a long long haul, and with this with Amendment three coming through uh, for Legal Mode twenty two, we really want to see this industry not stall out. It's really ready to go to the next step, and <clears throat> with COVID nineteen going away as much and the industry really ready to take off that's we're really excited for this has medical marijuana not been a good business in missouri is that what you're saying no it's been a, it's been a great business <clears throat> it's just with the the all the cultivation facilities coming online the manufacturers at the dispensaries everyone's ready to go to the next step with over 3 million people over 21 in Missouri to be able to come in and purchase. That's That could be a very large, large difference between the 200,000 patients that we have right now. Okay. I get a little confused talking to you. Medical marijuana is now legal in Missouri for persons 21 and older. We have medical marijuana. It's actually, you can get your, your patient card. You don't have to be 21 as long as a couple of doctors and if your uh, if your parents or guardian signs off on it as well. And this is purchased at a dispensary. Yes, which is a storefront. Yes, uh -huh. very regulated, highly regulated. 
Um, and we check IDs. We even scan IDs through through a system, not just looking at them. It actually has to be scanned as well. And then if recreational marijuana gets approved in Missouri, November 8th, Amendment 3, voting yes, the purchase of recreational marijuana will be in the same site or will there be different storefronts? They, it would still be at the, it could potentially be at the same, same storefronts. There's an opportunity to apply for different licensing under the same facilities that you have. Because we've been operating, we, we know how it, how it runs, how it starts and finishes. We can continue on and just, uh, tag the plants as a recreational. It depends on the taxes, really, that it, that they end up charging you at the end. Well, there, there's no avoiding taxes. But now then let's talk about the complicated world of marijuana. Medical marijuana does not get people high. It doesn't have THC. Am I correct? No. So, so a medicinal a marijuana for medicinal purposes, it does have THC. The hemp industry has CBD products and they have a limit on how much THC they can have in their products. Okay, and hemp, do you have anything to do with hemp? We do not at, at our facility. Okay, and listeners, people grow hemp, which is also cannabis, it's marijuana, but the purposes of hemp is making rope and fabrics and textiles of all sorts. That was one of the original uh, uses for it, but they've started to discover different uh, cannabinoids in hemp that's not THC, and that's actually kind of blossomed into a big industry itself of just these exotic cannabinoids. And what are they used for? Uh, Anti-inflammatory, tumor shrinking, um, anti-anxiety. There's there's a lot of things that you can use with the hemp, the hemp plant, but also the cannabis plant too, because when you combine THC with it, a lot of those other cannabinoids are really, they're enhanced, actually. Okay, well, thank you very much. And I do apologize for my ignorance, but it sounds to me, and John, help me out here. I am speaking wrong when I talk about adult use of recreational marijuana. That's cannabis. That is not hemp. It's, it's, uh, that's where it gets a little confusing with can- cannabis covers hemp and marijuana. It's, it just it, it depends on the content of what's in it. Think of almost uh, a non-alcoholic beer versus just a regular beer. It's still beer. So same thing with cannabis. It's, it either has a higher amount of THC or if it's certain, below a certain amount, they classify it as hemp. It's still the same plant, though. That's a very good analogy. That's a very good parallel because we have a lot of non-alcoholic alcohols now, beers and hard ciders. And yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's a very interesting analogy. That's a good one. Thank you for that. Okay. So, um, it sounds to me like if this process goes into place, there's go it was written in a very fair fashion john payne did you help to write this draft yeah there was a, a whole drafting process with a number of uh, organizations and individuals that were involved and i was kind of a the referee on all that uh so i i, I ran the ran those meetings and uh you know held the votes and all that sort of thing but uh you know ultimately what went in there was uh decided by the group well do you want to shout out to some of those or other organizations? 
Uh, sure. Uh, so it's uh, all the all the normal chapters in the state. Uh, there was uh, a lot of input from. <laughs> Uh, the leaders of the St. Louis City and St. Louis County NAACPs uh, also uh, you know, worked with uh, some of the civil liberties organizations uh, on that had input on uh, some of the criminal justice issues in there. So, like uh, Missouri ACLU is, uh, you know, had a, had a bit of a role in looking it over, uh, and then a lot of the folks uh, that are have been involved in the medical marijuana industry, like uh, Mark's group, Flora, was involved as well. And so it is written to boost state tax revenues. Now, how is that going to be accomplished? Yeah, so the there is a 6% uh, sales tax on the sales of adult use marijuana. Uh, and uh, like Mark was saying, that if this uh, this goes through the market for uh, cannabis in the in the state, will dramatically expand. We'll be able to have uh, anyone who is over 21 would be able to walk into a dispensary and purchase and not have the need for a medical card. And what we've seen in states that do that uh, the, the, the market there expands by two, three times. Uh, and so, you know, we have, uh, an industry currently, uh, that's doing about, you know, 300 million, uh, the, to close to 350 million on an annualized basis, uh, currently. And so if, uh, medical, if, uh, adult use, uh, it passes, then, you know, I, I think within two or three years, it will probably be a billion dollars a year, uh, for the, for the in, entire industry. And so, a uh, you know, six percent uh, retail sales tax on that would be about sixty million dollars. Uh, and the the state, you know, they do their estimates on how much uh, uh, money that these uh, ballot initiatives are going to bring in. They estimated at, at a minimum uh, there would be forty million dollars to uh, to the state, and then a minimum of thirteen million dollars to local governments because they can also put on a up to a three percent tax. And at the state level. That money goes to a few different places. So it goes to the expungements, like uh, like I discussed earlier. And then after that, it's divided into three separate pools. Uh, one goes to Missouri Veterans Health Care Services, then to drug abuse and uh, drug abuse prevention services. And then finally, to the state's uh, public defender program, which has been really underfunded uh, you know, pretty regularly throughout the last uh, decade or so. Uh, so so that's the, the way that we would be splitting those funds. Well, thank you for that. I, I'll tell you the truth, John. It's Monday morning, and I'm numbers challenged, and I can never wrap my head around a million. But that is good news to think that voting yes for Amendment 3 would boost state tax revenues to provide funds for veterans' health care, drug addiction treatment, and Missouri's underfunded public defender system. That That's just genius to write a a, a, a law up like that. Now then, talk to me for just a few minutes about local taxes, because you're giving localities the autonomy to make taxes on recreational use of marijuana. So how is that supposed to work? 
Yeah, so uh, local governments can add on up to a 3% tax on the retail sales of marijuana. Uh, now, uh, it is not something that they, uh, the, you know, we also, that is kind of a limit because we don't want them to say, oh, we're going to tax this at, uh, you know, 30 or 40% uh, because that's that's what can happen if you don't put some some restraint on the, the uh, either the state or the local governments. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's a pretty good amount of money for, uh, you know, if uh, these dispensaries are having, let's say, five million dollars in sales, uh, that is, you know, one hundred fifty thousand dollars in revenue for every dispensary that is in these in these towns. And that can actually be used at, for whatever purposes the, the city wants. We don't dedicate that funding. Uh, and so, you know, they, they could hire new new civil servants. They could, uh, you know, upgrade the, the fire truck. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of things that they can be able to, they can do with that money. Uh, and, uh, I, I think it's going to be a very good thing for those, those local governments where there are dispensaries located. Well, thank you for helping to draft a, a statute, a regulation that's like that. That's so mindful of the good of our state and our communities. It's, it, it really, it's real, it's very, very well done. Now, then it talks at length about new business licenses. And Mark Budemeyer, it says, of course, people who operate medical or and or recreational marijuana cannabis use dispensaries have got to be licensed. Good. And then the licenses can be applied for by lottery. So so written it's so right off the bat. You get to the people that have licensing that are in good standing get to apply for a consolidated license, and then they would get to go through. The, they have to go through the same process all over again, just like the first time we applied for licensing. So it's not that you just automatically get to run through and, and have your license in hand. You actually still have to go through the same steps, the same rigorous process of making sure that everything is, is in good standing, your security is good, all of your processes are covered, and that the state is satisfied with how your operation is running. So it's not just an automatic, oh, pass, go, collect $200, here's your license. And John could explain more to that if, if there was any more details that I missed on any of that. Yeah, well, there, so there's also, uh, you know, Mark was referring to the licenses uh, for the existing medical marijuana facilities. There's also 144 new business licenses, and those will be awarded by lottery. And they're really targeted towards communities that have been uh, disproportionately harmed by the prohibition on marijuana. Uh, so, for instance, you know, you would be eligible if you uh, are have had a marijuana-related uh, offense that is now expunged or are related to somebody uh, directly that has such an offense or come from a community where the rate of arrest or conviction for marijuana is higher than the state average. Well, this is Terry Wilkie, and I'm speaking with John Payne and Mark Budemeyer, who have both been very active in putting Amendment 3 on the ballot in Missouri, November the 8th. And we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about it. And I thank you both very, very much. Thank you. Support for KKFI by City Year Kansas City. As an education equity nonprofit, City Year works inside Kansas City Public Schools, supporting students emotionally and academically so that they can thrive inside and outside of the classroom. To learn more about City Year's service and open positions, visit cityyear.org. KKFI would like to thank Mickey's Hideaway for feeding our volunteers during this fun drive. 
Mickey's Hideaway is located in Westport at 4057 Pennsylvania in Kansas City, Missouri. You can also find them online at mickeyskc.com. Everyone knows this is our pledge drive. And I've also got on Zoom with me this morning, Craig Lubo. Craig, can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Thank you. You've come on to help us pitch for Jaws of Justice Radio. We have a champion, Holly Barth. She promises she'll match the first $100 that we get. So, listeners, this will be the most efficient way you've spent a dollar today. Let's make it easy math. I already said it passing on math challenge. Let's say you call and give a dollar a month. That's $12 to KKFI and become a sustained giver. That helps you to contribute to KKFI and be part of our community. Holly is going to match that $12. And now it's as if you gave $24 or $25, which is a tremendous donation. And the good news is every dollar you give KKFI goes to the production of radio, which airs 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And we're not paying any of our talent. Craig and I are volunteers, and we're happy to do this. We think it's important for people to understand the issues that are on Jaws of Justice. We think that it's important to have free media. And if you think that too, please call us now at 888-931-0901. That's 888-931-0901. So Craig, would you help me to ask people to give... Yes, we want you to give because we spend a lot of time providing you with programming that keeps you informed. And that's especially important during the election season. We're nonpartisan. We don't tell you how to vote, but we hope you will vote whatever way you vote and that it's going to be an informed decision using a lot of the information that our guests have provided you over the past few weeks on Jaws of Justice and also some other programs. We keep you informed on Radioactive Magazine. Judy Ansel keeps you informed on Heartland Labor Forum. So call us and show us that you appreciate what we're doing and do that by pledging whatever you can afford. If it's five five dollars or $500, um, I know there's, we have some people out there who listen to us who don't donate normally, who are wealthy. And so don't be cheap. Call and share your money with us. Uh, Okay, Stan, do we have anybody to thank at this stage of the game? No. We, We have a board up in the studio that tells us if you called. So if you want to hear your name on the air on KKFI, please call us now at 888-931-0901. And it's more than being frugal. If you give money to KKFI, that will be the most efficient money that you'll spend today. 
Think about the price of gas. What did I pay for it this morning? $3.35. And I buy several gallons of gas every week. If you took just that $3 for a week times 52 and get, and called us now at 888-931-0901, I'm sure your budget can afford it. And the great beauty is then when you're driving around, you get to listen to KKFI and you get to hear things that are interesting and informative to you. So Stan, do you want to say a few things about what people can receive as gifts by calling? Absolutely. You can get a long sleeve t-shirt from KKFI for $10 a month or a one-time donation of $120. Also, the coolest thing is the guest DJ certificate. If you pay $12.50 a month or $150 one time, you can program your own show and be a guest DJ here on KKFI. And I know there's listeners out there who always wanted to be on the radio. You know, I, I was a broadcast major and I waited 40 years and I got a chance to do it because I'm a volunteer here at KKFI. So if you would like any one of these prizes, call 888-931-0901 or go to kkfi.org and donate that way. We're going to go back to our show now. Thank you very much, everyone. Don't forget, you still have a chance to call. Okay, I'm talking to John Payne. He's campaign manager for Legal Missouri 2022, and Mark Budemeyer, cultivation manager for Flora Farms, a group in Kansas City that grows medical marijuana right now, correct? That is correct. Now, did I even say that right? You're growing medical marijuana and or cannabis. You can say both. You can say both. You can say both. It's uh, the, I guess the technical term is marijuana for medicinal purposes because medical marijuana would imply uh, real heavy doctors and everything. So you are using it for med- medicinal benefits. Well, and then that was legalized in Missouri two years ago. And that is an industry that's going on. And so it's an active industry. People come to dispensaries and show medical cards to receive it, correct? Yes, it is a very, very active and very busy uh, labor-intensive industry. That's one of the things that surprises a lot of people when they first start working in that industry. It's very fast-paced. There's a lot of new knowledge. It's a lot of hard work, especially in the cultivation side. Every every side of it, it's very, very uh, it's a lot of on the but on the cultivation side, that's one thing that surprises people. It's fun. Well, even more than that, you just have to be so exact about what you're planting, and so you're keeping I believe seeds. And uh, if you can believe it, Mark, a hundred years ago, I did the corn and sorghum performance test for the state of Kansas, and so we had every variety of field corn and grain sorghum. But there were hundreds, and we had to label them all, keep them absolutely separate, plant them into rows, mark each row, this is what this is. And so I hear you on the labor intensive, and it's rather like working in a library. Now, I have a good friend who works at a marijuana dispensary in Canada. Mm-hmm. And so don't you think in Canada all marijuana is legal? recreational and medicinal and so then that requires the dispensary to be straight about what am i filling here what type of 
what what is this customer coming to procure? And so that's why you're licensed. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, good on you. That's a, that's a tremendous effort. Yeah. It, it is. It's it's very difficult, and it's and just because it's it goes recreational or adult use doesn't mean that the regulations go away. In fact, there it means that the industry can expand, and there's more people to have input on what needs to be regulated, what might be overregulated or under underregulated and things that we might not foresee right now uh once the public gets in gets more use with it there's there's things that we can still can't even imagine what we can use this uh use this plant for and culturally how it's going to impact us well why do you do this are you making millions of dollars is that is profit your motivation profit's not my motivation and i uh, i'm not an owner of, of the company by any means um I, I got into this industry uh about 12 years ago and it was something that really piqued my interest i was real curious about it never really thought that i'd be in a a uh, cultivation side of things for a career but it's really excited me um getting to learn new things teach uh, people that never heard about uh, anything with cannabis it's really great to see how people really take this plant and kind of make it their own well are people profiting in medical marijuana dispensaries? Is it a yes? It, it is. It is. Or are they going bankrupt all the no, time? No, no. It is. Mm-hmm. It is profitable, but it is. Um, you have to do the business correctly. That's one thing that uh, there's the the facade that oh, you just put it, put a seed in the ground and automatically you get you get a dollar on the other side. It's no. It, you have to put in a lot of work. And you have to reinvest your money into your own business just to be able to keep up with the times, keep up with the regulations. Uh, I know in Colorado originally, after the first year of uh, dispensaries, there was less than 40% of the original licensees that wanted to reapply just because of the amount of work that you have to go through and regulations that they do impose on this. So you you don't work in a dispensary, but do you go into dispensaries? Yes, yeah, we um, we do have we actually have a, we're fortunate to have a dispensary down there in uh, our our facility is located in Humansville, just north of Bolivar, and so I go I drive down there during the week, and we have a dispensary uh, right there in Humansville uh, that is Flora Farms, and we have a couple of other locations, one in Springfield, and one down in Neosho. And do, do you hear good reports? Because I read the newspaper every day, but I don't hear people writing to the newspaper about how their health has improved. Uh, a big thing is um, a lot of online sources, a lot of social media, um, Reddit. There's a lot of Facebook, uh, a lot of Facebook posts that people use, Instagram, um, lots of different ways of social media where people give their reviews and give their comments and questions and concerns about. Uh, about cannabis and and their own personal revelations about how much it's helped them and their family members. Well, let's talk about medical cannabis. And here's a disclaimer. Mark and I are not medical experts, not no way, no how. But generally, medical marijuana is prescribed for seizure disorders, anxiety. I think you said that in passing. Uh, what other kinds of conditions? There, there's a number number of conditions, uh, but any chronic condition that a physician deems necessary, uh, and it's and it's a recommendation. It is not a prescription. It's if a physician uh, recommends that you might you might benefit from using uh, medical marijuana, they they can write you a, a 
a medical card and an approval for you to go in and get medical marijuana so that way you can try to see if it helps out with any of your symptoms and alleviates any of those. And it has shown across the board to be helping countless, countless people to get off of certain prescription medications. And even if you can't get completely get away, you could take less of them potentially. Well, that's good to know. Thank you for sharing that with us. And now then, uh, we also have online John Payne, Campaign Manager for Legal Missouri 2022. John, were you active in the initiative to have medical marijuana in the state of Missouri? Yes, uh, I was the played the same role that I'm playing now. I was the campaign manager. I helped to draft the amendment uh, and uh, you know worked that through the uh, from the from inception all the way through passage. So yeah, I was uh, uh, deeply involved with that. Well, at the time, did you want to bring recreation, adult use of recreational marijuana on the ballot as medical, but then you couldn't? Or how, how did that work? Yeah, I mean, I have been a, uh, a longstanding critic of the, the drug war as a, a entirely. Uh, I, I was uh, part of uh, when I went to college back in the early 2000s, I was part of Students for a Sensible Drug Policy. Uh, so I, I, I've uh, have pretty long-standing beliefs on the the subject, uh, but uh, you know that at the time that it was it would not have been possible to pass a, an adult use legalization proposal in 2018. Uh, so you know what we we wanted to uh, start the process though. Um, we uh, you know, looked at doing medical marijuana, and there was very strong support for that. And uh, then in 2020. Uh, or excuse me, 2019, we did polling after passing medical marijuana on uh, adult use legalization. And kind of to our shock, uh, just a year after passing medical marijuana, uh, adult use legalization was polling in the 60s. Uh, and so we thought, all right, well, we can we can pass uh, the time is right. We can pass adult use legalization. And we actually did try to get that uh, a very similar initiative to what we have now. Mm-hmm on the ballot in 2020, uh, but then uh, March of 2020 rolled along and uh, made it basically impossible to do that. Uh, so that's what derailed us until 2022. Okay, so that's a good reminder. That's a good prompt to tell everyone that Amendment 3 on the Missouri ballot, November the 8th, will approve adult use of recreational marijuana will allow it to be dispensaries to occur so that people can go and purchase recreational marijuana in the state of Missouri. And apparently public perceptions about marijuana are shifting. Um, Is that true, John? Yeah. Uh, You know, the, uh, if we had done a poll, back in like 2016 or 2017, 2018, you probably would have had uh, basically about 45% of people in favor of uh, the legalization of the adult use of marijuana and about 45% of people against and maybe 10% of people in the middle. Uh, and uh, now that that those numbers have changed to something like 60%, a little bit more than 60% that favor legalizing marijuana, uh, and uh, a little bit less than maybe 35% that oppose it. Uh, so that, that's been a pretty dramatic change in just the last uh, six, seven years. 
I, I saw a quote from you, John Payne. There's never the wrong time to do the right thing. And I'm telling you, you must just see all the time the reward of your efforts on this front. I don't know how in the world marijuana ever became illegal. It rather reminds you of prohibition of alcohol. There there must have been moralists who believed that this was going to remove society of the problems of excess use, which it didn't. No. <laughs> and uh, it created crime. That's with respect to alcohol. And that's the status of marijuana now, too. Now, medical marijuana, I don't know. Mark Budemeyer, do you think we would have ever developed this level of expertise with medical marijuana if marijuana had not had the hallucinogens, the THC removed? I mean, it, it's hard to say to, to see where we would be if we had never gone down this road of prohibition. Um, I, I don't know if we would have seen, um, and obviously we wouldn't have seen as much crime, but just in the last few years, the almost the stigma that cannabis is is dangerous has almost driven the industry to uh, prove itself, to say, no, this is not dangerous. The, the amount of science we've been able to pull out of this, um, figuring out different ways that cannabis affects you just for the aromatherapy uh, benefits, that's uh, how it can affect you that way. That's something that's just been discovered in the last few years. And it's changed other industries. It's like, well, there's there's all kinds of different natural herbs that have the same compounds similar to cannabis that can help you out as well. Well, I suppose in its roots, many medicines have natural sources. Yes, they're, most of they're the not all. Yeah, yeah, they're not all way. chemicals. And then, John, if you would say a few words, we're running out of time. Too bad. But what would passing Amendment 3 mean for bordering states? So if it's legal to for adults to use recreational marijuana in Missouri, I'm a resident of Kansas. Can I drive into Missouri and purchase recreational marijuana and drive back to Kansas? So you can drive into Missouri and purchase it, but you uh, need to stay here and use it if uh, if you want to use it. And you're uh, particularly if you're talking about a state like Kansas, because it's going to remain illegal in Kansas. At least there's not any you know, nothing on the immediate horizon that would suggest that's about to change. Uh, I, but I do hope that it will encourage uh, the, the legislature of Kansas to take up uh, either medical or adult use marijuana and uh, pass something like that there. Uh, but, you know, in the meantime, uh, if this passes, yes, people from other states will be able to come into Missouri and legally use it here if they're over the age of 21. Uh, but they should not be driving it back to their own state because that does violate federal law. Uh, and probably even a bigger concern if you're talking about a state like Kansas, which has prohibition of marijuana pretty much across the board, it, it will violate their state law and you're putting yourself at risk for arrest and prosecution. Okay, so if a person is found with marijuana on them in Kansas, that would be potentially a problem with Kansas laws. But to be in Missouri with recreational, as an adult, with recreational marijuana on me, no violation of any laws, correct? That would be, that, that would be right, yes. 
why it takes a few minutes to stop and think about this. <laughs> it's so different, it's so counter to the way we've been doing. You, you guys know I'm old school. I grew up in the time when the district attorney of the state of Kansas threatened to jump out of people's car trunks. Vern Miller. <laughs> and this was his uh, his hook. This was his idea. Yeah. So now then, what do critics say about Amendment 3? We just have uh, one more minute. So, you know, I would say the, the biggest criticism is uh, there's actually been a fair amount of criticism that we don't go far enough. Uh, and, you know, I, I can understand that in some regard. But this is going to be one of the broadest laws in terms of uh, how much a person can possess, how much what is eligible for expungement uh, of any any law nationwide. So uh, this is really going to be a, uh, a trend setting law, I believe, as, uh, as we move forward here. Trend setting, but there are many states in the United States and other countries that have adult use of recreational marijuana. It's a perfectly legal idea. So it's trend setting, but this would not be the only place in the world. And those states, Colorado is one, I know. It's a bordering state of Kansas, too. I haven't seen particular news stories come out of the fact that adult use of recreational marijuana Except, did you guys all see the news story about how the authorities are busting the vans? There are vans with money that travel from dispensary to dispensary, and then the authorities have been stopping the vans, and they're in legal business. Yeah, it being, it being sometimes with without having um, national banking, it does make it a little bit more difficult because it's almost forced the businesses to be an all cash an all cash transaction. So that's the other big part that uh, people don't really talk about. Where if this can go forward, even on a on a state by state or federal level, but the banks have to be able to allow us to operate properly for this to become even a little more of a legitimate business. Well, we're going to close it out at that. I've been talking with Mark Budemeyer of Flora Farms and John Payne, campaign manager for Legal Missouri 2022. You're listening to Jaws of Justice. I thank you both very, very much. Here's the calendar for the week of October 24th. Legal Aid of Western Missouri can provide free civil legal services to low-income and vulnerable people who live in Jackson County, Missouri. Interested individuals can call 816 Four seven four six seven five zero to apply. For Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense virtual meetings this week, go to momsdemandaction.org. All are welcome, mothers and others. Wednesday, October 26th at 4 p.m., there's a film screening of After Tiller at the Kansas City, Missouri Central Library, Hellsburg Auditorium, 14 West 10th, Kansas City, Missouri. This is a reproductive rights documentary. Thursday, October 27th, 2 p.m. is an online event, Domestic Violence and Public Health. The Willow Domestic Violence Center invites everyone on or off Facebook to join for an online panel on the impact of domestic violence as a public health issue. Thursday, October 27th, 6 p.m., Segregation, Redlining, and Opportunity Hoarding, a Case for Reform, is an in-person event at the Plaza Branch of the Kansas City, Missouri Public Library, Truman Auditorium. RSVP is requested at kclibrary.org. 
Thursday, October 27th, 6.30 p.m., the Missourians for Alternatives to the Death Penalty October meetup is on Zoom, an online event open to everyone on or off Facebook. The registration link is on our Facebook page or our episode page. A list of services, meals, and hotlines are available at Lawrence Progressive Calendar. Dot blogspot.com. That list is updated daily. We want to thank our engineer today, Stan Thomas. Please take care of yourselves and others. Thanks for listening to Jaws of Justice. Somewhere, somehow, well, maybe I'm not supposed to know. We hope you enjoyed today's show and that we leave you with something to think about, something to talk to your neighbors about, and a reason to get involved. As always, the opinions expressed are those of the hosts and the guests of Jaws of Justice Radio, not of KKFI, the Midcoast Radio Project Incorporated, its staff, or volunteers. You can find our calendar of events and a link to our show episodes on the Jaws of Justice Radio Facebook page. You can always listen to us live and find our podcast on the KKFI website kkfi.org This is Jeff reminding you our outro music is Higher Ground from the Playing for Change CD. We have an opportunity here to give thanks to some people who gave to Jaws of Justice. We had two anonymous donors that made very generous contributions and one of them said, thanks for KKFI, the free media station that gives Kansas City so much information. And I'll tell you what, that is the truth. Now, Craig, did you want to remind people of the opportunity they have to give? Can you say uh, the numbers for us, please? Yes. Um, okay. Call 816-931-0901. And you can go online to kkfi.org, and you can do a one-time gift, or you can do a sustaining member, which allows you to have them take out, whether it's $5 a month or $20 a month, whatever you can afford automatically from your debit card each month. You can also use, I think, credit card. And I think you can also... Um, leave KKFI in your will, which is also another thing that we don't often mention, but I believe that's a possibility. I'll check and make sure before we do Eco Radio tonight. Um, so that's always a good way to uh, help KKFI also. So please donate. We're here helping to provide you a service, but we need your help. We're all volunteers, but we have a lot of expenses. So back to you, Terry. And I want to thank everybody who gave to Jaws of Justice this morning. Thank you for listening to KKFI. We'll see you next week.